0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Views from the 573 Podcast. This is your host, Ryan McDaniel, hoping you all are having a good week so far on this Thursday afternoon. We, uh, how do I describe this week's show? It's kind of a chill type of show, but there's a lot of interesting topics to talk about. Of course, we're coming out of All Star Weekend with the NBA. We got some news on LeBron and the Lakers and their situation. Zion, stuff going around with that. So it's going to be a kind of chill type of show, but there's a lot of interesting topics to talk about. The MLB setting a deadline for when they can agree to CBA and not start to cancel games. Right now it's looking like it's heading to that situation. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little about LeBron. Zion uh, what should the Lakers do in this LeBron situation what should LeBron do uh, Aaron Rodgers just a uh, a few stuff to talk about here so it's going to be kind of a chill show going to be different uh with you know the first week after football is official, uh, has officially ended so it's going to be kind of a relaxing kind of show we're going to talk about a couple stuff and I uh, we're going to get on out of here and Enjoy the weekend, because NBA starts back this week, second half of the season, if you can call it that, or post-All-Star break, part of the season is getting back. So, going to be kind of a relaxing type, uh, relaxing type of show, but we're going to talk about a couple interesting stuff here that might need to be a couple things to keep our eye on, particularly with the NBA, with those two storylines, and uh, with uh, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, if Kyrie's going to be back to playing full All the games, home and away. So uh, that's looking like it's a possibility. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. Uh, Before we get to any of all that, of course, let's get some house cleaning out of the way first. If you haven't yet, be sure to go subscribe to this podcast as well as our entertainment podcast on all podcasting platforms. Whichever your preference is, whether it's Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts or Anchor. Be sure to go follow us there. Subscribe. Give us, all, give us five star ratings if you're on Apple and all that good stuff. And if you want, we got a catalog of our previous episodes on both those channels on there if you want to check those out. If you want to check us out on Twitter, you can check us out at 573pods and check us out on there. And speaking of the entertainment channel, we just did a new episode, Peter and myself, where we had a jam-packed show. A really fun show where we talked all sorts of things. Talked a little Boba Fett, talked a little about the multiverse of madness and some of our theories. Talked a little Peacemaker, the Batman. We did a full, like almost an full hour, over an hour on Batman, box office. What could the plot be? What could the future look like? We did our hour on all that stuff. So if you want to go check out, any of those topics on that pod, if you like all those topics, go check out the full pod. But if you there's a specific topic you want to hear us talk about, timestamps are in the description. So, speaking of Batman, we're going to be doing a pod once the movie comes out. And uh, just thinking about it now, it kind of blows my mind We're a week out from when the movie premieres and I'm a week out from when I'm supposed to go see it next Thursday. So time sneaks up on you everybody. And so next week the film will be out and hopefully me and Peter can hammer out a pod talking about the film next week. It looks like they've had their London premiere and so far some of the views have been really, really positive. So fingers crossed that's that stays that way for the next week or so. So be on the lookout for the entertainment channel for that Batman pod. It will probably come out the week uh, after the movie comes out. I, I think you guys, if you know us here, we we will pretty much talk about the spoilers and all the stuff that goes on fairly soon after the film, after the film releases. You don't need to look no further than No Way Home. That pod in the game, that pod. You don't need to look no further than those pods. So, uh, we'll have a spoiler warning just in case you don't want to hear us talking about anything spoilery. But, uh, be on the lookout for that pod the week after the movie releases. That should be a fun one. Hopefully, like, uh, we talked about that on the Entertainment Pod earlier this week. Hopefully it's, uh, two hours of of a gush fest about this film rather than two hours of a funeral with DC's funeral. So, uh, (laughs) So, if you guys want to check that pot out, be sure to go check out the entertainment channel. So, with that being said, let's get right on to this week's show. And let's start with the MOB. And, of course, we've talked about a couple times uh, about what's going on with the MOB, with the lockout going on, and with spring training. Pretty much supposed to be happening right now and there's still no deal there's been some headway on a couple things but the both sides the players association and the league are still far away on a lot of things about what they want to get done with this new cba and now the word is major league baseball will begin canceling regular season games if the league and the Players Association can't come to terms on a new CBA by next Monday, February 28th. So that's not too far away. The plus side is they have met for a few days. So at least they're talking. There, there was a concern that like weeks ago, like like they weren't even talking. And so now they're talking. They talked for a few days now. So at least it's something. But MLB comes down and says, hey, we can't come to terms on this new CBA by February 28th, we're going to start canceling games. Games will not be made up. Players will not be paid for those games. And however many games are missed, they will not be paid for those. A lot of players would miss out on a lot of big-time checks. And so salary for those players will not be paid for those games. And as a spokesperson said, missed games are missed games, and a deadline is a deadline. So that is... Really the first kind of talk that there's been in this situation where there's been legitimate talk about canceling games, canceling regular season games, if an agreement can't can't be come to with the CBA. And so it is pretty noteworthy that this is the first time. And here we are a few days. And of course, we there's a story a few days ago. Talking about spring training was delayed, the start of it, until March 5th. So that's next week, right there. And uh, just a lot of big time dates are inching closer for both these sides. Especially with opening day scheduled for March 31st. Nearly a month out is when it's happening. And players have never acknowledged the deadline for the CBA, but it's there. And so the sides, they remain a ways away on a few certain things that the players want to be done with the new CBA, with, with, with the, what the league wants to be done with the new CBA. And it's going to be interesting to see if there, there's going to be, I'm trying to find the right word here, And I can't think of it, but if there's going to be urgency, some type of urgency for both sides to try to get something done. So that way they don't have to start canceling games because I don't think that's what either side wants. I don't think the league wants it. I don't think the players want it. The players would lose money if it happens and the league would lose some revenue from those games if they are canceled. So it does nothing for both sides. So I do kind of wonder, me personally, and not knowing too much about baseball and how it works with these negotiations with the players in in the league, if there's going, going to be a sense of urgency because of what's at stake. And we know how these leagues work. It's all about money. And money will directly affect the individuals involved on both sides league you lose revenue from games not being played for players you don't get paid for those games whatever your salary is that you get paid per game well say goodbye to that so how many ever games that are canceled during this time period where there's no CBA agreement say goodbye to those game checks so let's take a look at what's been going on with both sides providing tweaks to previous offers so let's see what's been going on throughout the last few days. And I'm looking at a couple articles here. I'm looking at one from ESPN talking about what it's looked like so far for the last few days of this week. And also there's been a couple tweets from Jeff Passan that I think are pretty interesting to see where things are at as of now. So on Monday, the league added $5 to to a proposed bonus pool of, for pre-arbitration for the players. That's a huge subject matter for the players. That's a huge thing we talked about before. They're now offering $20 million in it. The Players Union wants a whole lot more. They w- The league isn't even close to that. They want $115 million, so they are still a ways away on that. On Tuesday, the union reduced its ask for Super 2 eligibility, requesting that salary arbitration come to players who rank in the top 75% in terms of Service time among those who have been in the league for two to three years, down from a previous request of 80%, so about a 5% decrease. And in previous C, in the previous CBA, it was 22%. So still ways away on that. So still, as of now, the league and the players' union still has a lot of ground to cover to meet the league's deadline. There's still disagreements on the competitive balance tax, revenue sharing, service time m- manipulation, draft with the possibility of a draft lottery. There's still a ways away on all those subjects. And if the timeline holds and what the spokesperson said, a deadline is a deadline. There's only five days, uh, five days, four days left before playing less than 162 game schedule in 2022. That could become a reality here by this by the time we talk next week. And by this time next week, we could be talking about a new CBA. By this time next week, we might not. And we might be talking about actual games starting to be canceled in this 162 game season for all all 30 teams. And this is a really, really dramatic one by the league if you look at if you look at the last if you look at the, the 90, 1990 lockout that was extended into march once an agreement was reached the sides pushed back opening day by week extended the season by 3 days to get all the games in so the fact that it, that the MLB is right now refusing to make up games this year with doubleheaders or lengthening the season on the back end is kind of wild and some in the union and the players' union believe both could be negotiable if the season doesn't start on time. So maybe the MLB will change its stance on that. But if the MLB stands firm on saying, hey, we're not going to play any doubleheaders, we're not going to lengthen the season on the back end of it and have the season go further into September, September October, November and maybe possibly even playing some games in December, depending on how long this goes is a pretty wild stance. It's a pretty big stance that they're taking. So let's take a look at specifically what are some of the things that are still need to be covered. And we talked a little bit about them before the collective balance tax. Here's where the gap is between the sides and the latest proposals. And this is coming from Jeff Passon around 24 hours ago. Probably by the time when this pod comes out. So right now, with the collective balance tax, it's around $31 million. That's still a long ways away. Pre-arbitration bonus pool, we talked about that. That's $95 million away. So they're not even close to that. Uh, minimum salary, 135000 per player. And the draft lottery, three picks. And as Jeppeson said, as we kind of iterated, that's a lot to cover in less than a week. Even half a week. That's That's going to be incredibly tough. That's incredibly tough to cover in like two weeks. But in less than a week, it feels like it's almost impossible. And I don't know if we discussed specifically about the minimum salary... And uh, I guess we should discuss about that here and go back to that ESPN article where um, it sounds like there's still a ways away on that. The new proposal of the day on Wednesday for yesterday had the league slightly tweaking the minimum salary structure, offering 10000 more than previous proposals. The union wants minimum salaries to begin at 775000 next season. The league is now offering 640000 with $10,000 raises for every year of the deal after that. And the union said that it was a move, but it was a very minor, small type of move there. So they are still a ways away on that. And as a result, are still $135,000 difference between what the league is offering, between what the players want for minimum salary. So they, uh, there's still a lot of ground to be made up. And again, there's only a few days to hammer this out. And it's just, I think, folks, I think we're going to be looking at some games canceled. I just don't think there's enough time to get all this covered. And I think we are going to be looking at an announcement on February 28th. When that deadline is scheduled to be, that we're going to start canceling games during the season. Players are going to start losing pay. And for some of these players, that pay is huge for them. And so this is going to hurt them. This is going to probably going to really hurt those players that are not making too much with their salary. Making close to the minimum or something like that. It's really going to hurt. For the guys that are getting paid big time money, it's going to hurt them. But it's going to be like a small dent. But it's going to hurt. Uh, a lot of players on the lower end of the spectrum as far as where they're getting paid. So I'm hoping that we don't get to this point, but again, with all that needs to be covered with the difference between some of these things are and with how little time there is to discuss all these and to come even close, I think we're going to start to look at some games being canceled by the time we talk next week. I believe it there's just too much to cover they're they're too far away on certain topics and with what's been happening with negotiations it i don't know if there's gonna be a lot of headway made on some of these maybe just a little but not too much to get a, done by the deadline next monday so it's unfortunate that it's come to this that we're now at the point where games are be- might be canceled. So for baseball fans, I hate it for you that uh you're gonna have some games being canceled. But uh I mean it just goes to show you we talked about it a little bit earlier. They were at a point where they didn't talk for a while. And it was maddening. It's like, guys, the CBA is important. If you don't get it done, you might have to start thinking about games rescheduling games or games being canceled. And here we are. With the possibility of games being canceled. So it's just a crazy situation with the with the league and with the players association. But even I think the most optimistic about the situation are probably looking at it like Yeah, it's uh it's not looking good. And, some games are going to start to be canceled here pretty soon. So there's where we're at with the MLB and with the, with the poten- with the lockout happening on happening right now with the potential games being canceled, just uh situation that even though there's been some headway, they've come to say, okay, we don't need this and that just still a whole lot to get through. So we'll have to see what happens in the next few days. But again, I think it's uh very likely that we start to see some games being canceled so let's move on and let's talk some NBA shall we uh of course we had all-star weekend this past week and uh well Saturday night has not been that fun and uh the dunk contest I mean me and Peter were recording the entertainment pod during all-star Saturday night and uh, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention because, of course, working on the pod and talking about everything going on, and and I mean, I, I glance over a, a few times. And I see what's going on in the dunk contest. I'm like, man, the dunk contest has gone downhill. I mean, I still love it, but it's gone down, down. It's gone way downhill, way downhill. Yeah, players missing multiple attempts, and before getting on their fourth or fifth try. Uh, three-point contest is probably the main event now I hate my guy Desmond Bain didn't make it that far got in getting knocked out in the first round uh was happy that he that he won uh competition on uh on Friday night and uh I, I do I will say I do like the the format that they did with the rising star challenge I think that's an interesting twist i like that little bit of twist there and uh that was fun. And, of course, you had the All-Star Game on Sunday. You had them honoring the NBA 70, 75th anniversary and all that stuff. And naming with the top 75 players in NBA history. Having all of them there, that was great. You think about the players that attended that. It's just wild to think all that that much greatness is right there. And just seeing all the interactions happening... You know Michael talking to Magic, all that. Of course, he you get Michael saying like, "Hey, listen, l- lace him up. We'll go one on one right now," and he's hundred percent dead serious. MJ's not playing around with that. Magic maybe, but Michael's like, "Hey, let's go, man." And I I'm, I'm pretty sure that would have been more fun than the dunk contest. But we had the All Star game on Sunday night, and it was it was pretty fun. Especially, of course, with the format they've been going with here recently. With going to a certain target score, you start to see players play a little bit harder. The main things for me is looking at, of course, Ja playing in there. He said he was saving his energy for the second half. And you know what? Fine. Let's go do it. Uh, but, of course, can't not be in the All-Star game and have a couple incredible dunks dunks that were probably better than anything in the dunk contest of course you got Steph Curry who just went full bazooka mode and (laughs) hit 16 threes the guy was not missing for a period of stretch I'm like somebody I know people don't like to play defense but somebody go guard him I, I, know it's, I know it's tough to guard Steph Curry, but somebody go guard him. I know you don't want to guard an All-Star game, but somebody freaking go out there and put a hand up. <laughs> Stop him. And then, of course, how fitting that the kid from Akron gets the ball there with the game on the line with a chance with both teams can win it if LeBron's team wins it. Uh... It was 161 to 160, and the target score was, I believe, 163. So, missed shot there. Team Durant has a chance to go hit a three and go take the game. But it comes down to the last-minute shot. They give it to LeBron. What if, What does LeBron do, of course? But knocks it in. Fitting story book ending to the kid from Akron doing this in Cleveland. Fitting in. And, of course, Steph getting MVP. Like, again, <laughs> that was absurd. It was like a flamethrower. Just couldn't not stop him. He was too hot. And he knew it, too. It was just wild. Um, But, sticking with LeBron. Of course, being back in Cleveland, it's going to you know bring up memories and some talk about, you know, me with the way LeBron's playing right now. I mean... <laughs> Still playing freaking incredible with what he's doing this year on a subpar Lakers team. And, I mean, of course, his contract is coming up. So, I think there's going to be questions and talk about, like, you know, with how the Lakers are doing. Like, you going to stay with the Lakers? Maybe going to change teams up a little bit? You know, he's talked about wanting to play with Bronny uh, at least one season. He, that's something that he really wants to do. Before he calls it quits, I mean, there's not much, much, there's not much that he hasn't done already. With him just breaking Kareem's record for scoring all time, the the man literally has nothing left to accomplish, and I think that's probably one of the last things he wants to accomplish is get to play with the son in the league one year. And I have to admit, it would be pretty special. It would be really special to get to play with your kid in the league one year. And I mean, you got to think back to the Griffey uh, father son relationship back in Seattle with Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. I got to imagine that was special for both of them. I mean, I think it would likewise be the same for LeBron and Bronny. But with the Lakers and them not doing so well, of course, there's going to be some talk about maybe Cleveland because Cleveland right now, they are looking really good. They had a couple all stars of their own, and Jared Allen and Darius Garland. Evan Mobley's looking like a really good pick to win. Rookie of the Year. Colin Sexton's not too bad. Isaac Coro is not too shabby of a young player there in Cleveland. And they're performing really well. Just traded for Karis LeVert. I really like, and things think it's going to help them. And so that leads me to this. There are reports of possible tension right now between... The Lakers and LeBron and Clutch Sports, Palenka. There are a lot of tensions coming from all over the place with reports saying, hey, there's tension with LeBron's agency, with LeBron himself, with Palenka. And it really kind of stems from the trade deadline stems from the trade deadline where it was a quiet deadline for the Lakers. They attempted to make a trade for John Wall, who's on the Rockets, trying to trade Westbrook in a first-round pick and trading for John Wall, and that deal was not done, and so the Lakers did nothing. Now, I believe, if I remember right, there's it was a day or two before the deadline, and I think the Lakers had just played Milwaukee or something like that. And LeBron was asked if they have a team to contend with the likes of Milwaukee. And he's like, straight up, no, we don't. We don't have a team that can do that. And with the way Westbrook has been playing this year, AD not being as healthy this year, being in and out. LeBron hasn't been that healthy this year either. He's had to miss some time as well. But LeBron has played more games probably than AD this year, and AD is. Out again for another few weeks. So they're going to, have to roll along without him. And uh, I believe they're sitting ninth right now. Possibly playing in the play-in. And so this trade didn't happen. And a trade from Houston probably would have helped John Wall. Who is a client with Clutch Sports. Probably would have helped John Wall out of a bad situation in Houston. Where Houston sucks this year. And last year, before tearing, before you know, not playing this year, was averaging 20.6 points per game, 6.9 assists per game, and that's coming off a torn Achilles tendon from last season. And it looks like LeBron will welcome the trade, as you know, the whole Russell Westbrook experiment, which LeBron wanted. LeBron wanted to do that. It's not gone according to plan, not to the way they want it to. And there's been reports and you know it, it's a bad it's a bad situation where it's kind of like a, they said this, but they reacted to a whole nother thing entirely, at least from my perspective. And so there are bad tensions between both these sides. Really bad tensions and Le- LeBron is a free agent following next season. He's eligible for eligible for a 2-year extension this offseason though. But he's not technically a free agent till the 2022-2023 season till that year is up. And Bronny depending on what happens with the whole can one? Uh, are, are we going to get one, rid of the one and done rule? Or are we going to let high school players make the jump? What are we going to do with that? If it stays the same as it is right now, Bronny would not be eligible to come to the NBA until I believe every twenty twenty four. So that's still it's still a couple years away. In real time. Still a couple years away. But once LeBron's contract is up with the Lakers, it's a year away. And the Lakers, they need to sign soon on what they want to do with LeBron. Extend him. Or maybe trade him. And yeah, that's something that's actually being talked about. Could the Lakers trade LeBron James? It's crazy to think about. I mean, let's be honest, I think all of us have wondered if, what what would be the package for LeBron? What would be, hypothetically, what would be the package the trade for LeBron James? I think we've all wondered that throughout the years, and just think like, ah, it's never going to happen. It'll never happen. But here we are, and it's actually being brought up as a serious point. Now listen, we all know kind the reason why he wants to stay in LA. He's got his production company out there, producing a lot of stuff out there. They're rolling along there and doing great stuff. But I mean, the situation right now with the Lakers is not looking good. The Westbrook experiment has failed. AD is not staying on the court. Again, let's what's this in common saying? The best ability is availability. Right now, AD has not had a whole lot of availability, especially in this season. And it's really hurting him. And it's probably also really wavering LeBron's trust and Clutch Sports' trust in the Lakers front office and their ability to build a roster that can get LeBron another championship. And right now, with this season, it's not looking like they are. I mean, they're 27-31. and 31, They're ninth in the West. And right now, they're they looking at being in the play-in tournament. And they're right now in a situation where, I forget how the play-in tournament works, so we're going to have to dive back into that when the playoffs get closer. Where it's a situation where they either have to win one game or two games. And I think if you're the Lakers, I think if it's one game, you're fine. And also, kind of crazy of a draw if you're a Golden State or Phoenix, and you draw the Lakers as the 7th or 8th seed, if that's if that indeed is what happens. So, it is a possibility. There is a possibility LeBron could get traded. And it is wild to think about. He, but there are certain parts of it that does make sense. AD not being available and not uh, that's hurt him. Westbrook not having a good season, also his contract being insane. Now you could possibly trade Westbrook. We know teams like an expiring con- contract, and his contract would be expiring after next season. Same as LeBron. He, he'll probably opt into the final year of his deal at $47.1 million. So it may look more enticing as an expiring type of contract that you can move off of. Help the salary cap situation. So LeBron is probably, if you're looking at the Lakers roster, the only feasible option... That could get the Lakers anything, and try to see where to go from here. Because right now, with the way things are set up, they are n- they're not set up well for this season. And for next season, it's going to be equally tough, considering again the the salary cap, the money that those guys are making, their top billed guys are making. It's going to really put their hands behind their backs and, and trying to do anything to improve the team for next season. And next season, LeBron's only getting another year older. So is Westbrook. Is AD going to get more healthy? History tells us probably not. And that he's going to probably get banked up a couple times next year and is going to miss some games. But if you look at what all LeBron said, what he said about Cleveland this past week, with he said the door's not closed on possibly going back to Cleveland with what's going on with the Lakers, with possibly playing with Bronny again. It is a very interesting situation because with the Bronny situation. If he decides to, you know, become a free agent and, you know, play out next year see what happens. Again, well, let's see what happens with Bronny. If he, but if they change the rule, if they change the rule and Bronny can come in in 2023, well, that could change a lot of things because I think there will be a lot of teams that want to get Bronny because they probably see some talent in him and also get his dad and also have to market that because that is something great to market. LeBron playing with the son on the same team. One generation along with another. It's a great thing to market. And if that's the case. LeBron would have his pick of teams. In the situation LeBron is in right now. LeBron could probably have his pick of teams. Because we all know what team Bronny would go to. We have no clue. But going back to the Cleveland thing. Let's talk about that here for a minute. And when he told Jason Lloyd at The Athletic, doors not closed on that. I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know when I'm free. Well, that last part, I don't much if I, how much that I buy from LeBron. So let's just say there's mutual interest here. Do the Cavs trade in this situation? Or do they wait till the off season of 2023 and see what happens? And there's this Bleacher Report article that kind of goes through this situation, saying what would happen, either or. So let's kind of talk about it together. If the Cavs are motivated to go get LeBron, they could get enough. They can get to enough cap room. Max out LeBron at around 46.7 million for the 2022, 23 season. And it can work. Even if Darius Garland, who's up for a full extension this summer, if that contract starts at approximately thirty one point eight million, and and the article says it's provided he doesn't even earn above the standard twenty five percent max, they could still do it. But the Cavs will need to hold it on spending elsewhere and find a team to take other contracts on their roster off the book, like Laurie Markinen's contract. So just so there's a possibility, the fact that I think that would probably be the preferable option for the Cavs is signing LeBron outright free agency, not having to trade any of their pieces away, and. Getting him back in Cleveland for one last run with the team they have currently constructed, which looks really good. A lot of young talent there with Garland, Sexton, Mobley, Okoro. I know I'm missing a couple others: Lavert, Jared Allen. That can, that could can be terrifying for all the all other suitors that want to get LeBron there. But the Cavs can put together some packages to go and get LeBron. If you look at LeBron, he's got his outgoing salary, it's 35.5 million. And who's going if if the Cavs want to reach that, they got some options. LeBron is going to earn forty four point five million next year, but there's thirty five and a half million of that is outgoing salary that the Cavs will have to reach. Kevin Love. There here's one option. It's, it's expiring contract. We talk, again talked about how much teams love those. It's twenty eight point nine million right there. If not Kevin Love. The Cash can offer various combinations that include some of the players we just rattled off. Okoro, Markinen, Karis Lavert, maybe Chetty Osman. Maybe Colin Sexton is a possibility with how Darius Garland has played. So maybe he's an option for a possible sign-and-trade. And And it does make sense that Sexton is represented by Rich Paul of Clutch Sports Group. So there is a connection there. And also, Cleveland should have all of its first-rounders over the next seven seasons, assuming the 2022 selection goes to Indiana in the trade they did for Karis LeVert. And the Lakers... They don't have a whole lot of draft picks out there. They can't trade a whole lot of draft picks. They trade a lot of them. And so, in a trade situation, I think the Cavs will probably need to get confirmation from James. Like I'm going to stick around for a little bit. I mean, with the way he's playing right now, (laughs) I mean, he's playing incredible right now. It's hard to imagine LeBron slowing down. But again, basketball and football and all these other sports, they all change so much year by year. So, it's it's possible that LeBron, by this time next year, is starting to slow down. That there are some signs of him slowing down. And that it's going to be tough to get to that point where LeBron gets to have that opportunity to play with his son. And it, and it says here in the Bleacher Report article, an extended trade situation, that could lock in LeBron through 2024-2025 at $95.7 million, Which, again, going back to the Bronny situation. If nothing happens with the one done, and Bronny comes in in the 2024 offseason. There's your one season that LeBron has to play with the Sun in Cleveland. Of all places, and Cleveland, of course, w- would covet getting, being in the position of drafting Bronny in that twenty twenty four draft. There is one con to that: people will know about that. Teams will know that they what they want to do. So maybe that part can uh, can backfire. but we're going to have to see there again there may be a situation where Cleveland does not want to try part ways with some of the assets they have on their team with the traffic they have the young players they have and in this situation it would look very uh, it would look more appealing to go grab lebron when he hits free agency in 2023 But for the Lakers, maybe you do gotta consider trading him. Maybe you do. Because again, going back to the start of this, he's the only one on your roster, probably right now, that can probably fetch anything decent. Westbrook sure isn't. AD, with his ability to be unavailable, is probably not looking too hot right now. Although I'm Sure, there's some teams that would gladly say, crap, yeah, we'll take A B. We'll we'll take A D. We'll take him. But right now, LeBron's looking like the only thing on that roster that can get you something pretty good and help the Lakers and looking towards post LeBron. So we'll have to see. And we'll have to see. Again, it's crazy to think about that LeBron might possibly get traded. But it's possible. And if there's a power struggle. Like, like it sounds like there is right now. Between these two. We might be headed for a breakup. In the not too distant future. So interesting stuff coming out of LA. And coming out of the all-star break. From the Lakers. From LeBron and LeBron's camp. Some uh, Some big stuff going on. Now, I guess, you know, fitting away, let's talk about AD's former team, the New Orleans Pelicans, right now. And if you've seen various talk shows, you've seen what JJ Reddick has had to say about Zion Williamson, about CJ McCollum coming to New Orleans, Zion not reaching out, and, you know, Zion's kind of off doing his own thing. And again, I'm looking at other various articles talking about this. So JJ Redick accused Zion of being a detached teammate and Christian Clark of Nola.com reported. This began with issues with the front office that Zion has with what's going on with higher ups there. And Clark has said that the detachment is really a factor of the lack of trust that Zion has with his front office. And it's not just people inside the organization, but sources outside the organization have probably said this as well. Like, hey, the reason Zion seems detached right now is because there's a lack of trust. And detachment and Zion and Williamson don't seem like they belong in the same sentence because if you look at Zion if you look at if you follow his story over the last few seasons when he was in high school when he headed to Duke when he got to the NBA when he finally got healthy and play and start playing and he's missed a lot of games but when he started playing there's this this joy this energy that the guy brought to the table And was so happy to play. So happy to put on a show. So happy to play the game. Just really extremely marketable. So that's why I say. Detachment and Zion Williamson. Doesn't seem like they belong in the same sentence. And if you start to read. All this stuff. You're probably going to come to the same conclusion I am. It's that oh crap. This is the third superstar. The Pelicans are probably going to run out, and that the players are going to get tired of. Happened with CP3. Happened with Anthony Davis, and now it's looking like it's happening with with Zion Williamson, who should well, we should maybe mention? It is in his third year in the league, even though he hasn't played in any games in his third year. In, uh, of his time in the league he's in his third year uh, I mean and of course there's this talk about maybe like hey maybe with how things have played out with New Orleans before with Stars that maybe he should not want to play for New Orleans and try to maneuver something to make sure that doesn't happen but It's like sure yeah I'm going to go to the n- New Orleans And so this is kind of this this whole situation is wild. If I oh right, I think he's rehabbing he but he's up in Portland. In Portland! Not in New Orleans. That should be a sign of itself that something wrong is going on here. That something something not right is happening here. And so, going forward, I'm looking at this Bleacher Report article, talking about, like, you know, apparently the fractures began with the two sides. Um, In Zion's rookie year, when the Pelicans brought him slowly back from his knee injury, he was supposed to come back in six, eight weeks, but he was out three months, only played in 24 games, but with dynamite in them, averaging almost 28 points per game. Sorry, apparently, I guess I can't read. 27.8 minutes per game. (laughs) But, I mean, if I remember right, he was going off in those games. And also, you have to take in the personnel changes. There's been a lot of changes. Three head coaches in three seasons. That's instability right there. And also, look at how the team's doing. 23-36 and right now, currently team is likely headed to its fourth straight losing season. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that is kind of shifty. With what's going on. And of course now a foot injury. That Zion is re-having now. It's kept him out of this season. With little hope that he's probably going to return. And so now you have to wonder... Is something going to happen with this situation? And there's also talk about like how much weight he has gained now. And that's a factor too. And maybe it's time for Zion to go somewhere else. Maybe it's time. You know, I was talking with Matt earlier this morning. I was kind of surprised by it. But Matt hit me up this morning. I was like... Hey, Ryan. What what's going on with all this NBA stuff? You know what's going on with Zion, Ben Simmons, John Wall, Kyrie, Harden. And so we kind of talked about. It. I start off with Zion. I told him so. I told him to start off like, all right, buckle up because this is going to be a lot. So I said with Zion, I mentioned the detachment port. He hasn't played all year due to a foot injury. And there's some concerns about his weight. I mentioned stuff. He's rehabbing in Portland. And it does seem like the reports are that. He's not having too much fun in New Orleans. Again, it goes back to the whole detachment thing. It doesn't fit with Zion Williams character. With what we know about the guy. Doesn't fit. And. I think. Later on. So. I mentioned the Zion thing again. He was, we had a couple other texts, and it goes back to this. I said the thing with Zion is, is that he, his rookie extension is coming up too. Like a lot of guys from that, I'm trying to do math here, from from that 19 draft class, I'm hoping, I, I think that's right, from that 19 draft class, with Zion and Job being taken in the top two. And you got Garland in there. Is that those guys are coming up for rookie extensions. And I may be entirely wrong on this. But I made the point. that I've heard some people talk about. You know. The whole situation as well. Over the course of these last few days. As this topic's been brought up. Is that if you're Zion. And if you got a rookie extension coming up. The whole thing. And the whole thing comes up as like. Sign it or not. If you're Zion, if you're in his camp, you're telling him absolutely sign it. Get that money while you can. And pretty sure you can force your way out a few months after that. Like it's entirely possible that can happen. Get your money, then say, hey, I went out. You can't do it immediately, but it would be a few months after. And maybe. Zion would hold a little bit of leverage due to that contract not coming to an end for a while. Whereas I think if you know you're trading him now, the Pelicans would probably still have a little bit of leverage right there. And also if you're the Pelicans, you probably hope he doesn't sign it right now. You hope he doesn't sign it right now. Because Again, he hasn't played in a whole lot of games in his three years in the league. But even though in those games he's played, he's been dynamite. It goes back to the whole AD thing. Best ability is availability. Zion hasn't had it. He's missed more games than he's played. And so right now, you start you really do start to have to question, is Zion's time in New Orleans done? My opinion, I think so. I think so. Now, whether they're going to trade him or the whole extension thing is going to be another thing of itself. But does bring back some of the the feelings that, like, hey, maybe Zion shouldn't want to go play in New Orleans with what's happened there. It's looking like that opinion was spot on. With what's transpired here in three years since he's been drafted. With all the instability, with them hiring three head coaches in three years, with them continuing to lose, and them looking like they're headed to their fourth straight losing season. I mean, it's not looking good. It isn't. And I, I remember there was this comment back months ago when they were playing up in New York, and Zion didn't make the comment. He loves playing in New, in New York. And we know right now with New York and how that's going, maybe the Julius Randall honeymoon is over. Zion's former teammate, R.J. Baird, is there. Maybe that's a possibility. And plus, Zion and in New, in New York, if he's healthy, talk about a fun environment to be a part of. It would be extremely fun. Just looking at it right now, I think third time's a charm. The Lakers, the Pelicans, are probably going to lose another superstar out of this. First CP3, first AD, and now Zion. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see if there's any more that comes out of this story. If there's any any indication that Zion doesn't want to be there anymore, if his family doesn't want him to be there anymore. And wants him to be in a better situation. Because again. Detach Zion Williamson. Doesn't seem like him. I mean like. If you look at. If you Google the word. Detachment which. I'm going to look. right Look up right now. I mean. Detachment. Separation. You know. All that stuff. You're probably not in a good mood. And that is not what we know of. Of Zion Williamson. So he's in a good mood. Fun to be around. Fun to be with. Brings this exciting energy. Joyful. Joy in life. Joy in playing the game. It's not him. Maybe this is a sign. He does one out. And I can't say with I can't say I blame them with how things have been handled in New Orleans. I can't say I blame them. So I think our final thing we're gonna talk about here really quickly is right now it's looking like if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you're you're gonna to get to see more of Kyrie Irving. And that is the reason because it's been the talk of a lot of people is the mandates up in New York with vaccinated, unvaccinated. And if you take a look, Kyrie Irving hasn't played in any home games for Brooklyn this whole season. He's played in mostly away games. And that's due to the fact that he is unvaccinated. And we don't need to get into the whole thing about why he's unvaccinated. Like we We, we just don't. So, with Kyrie, it looks like you might be seeing more of them, Brooklyn Nets fans. Uh, Along with Ben Simmons coming pretty soon, it looks like. And, it's looking like the Mayor of New York, he's had questions about these mandates. It's looking like right now, those mandates are going to start to be, I put it in my text to Matt, kind of like phased out a little bit that it's not going to be phased out completely. It's just going to start to, there's not going to be as much mandates. And that for one of those mandates is the whole thing that keeps Kyrie Irving from playing home games. And so that looks like it's going to change in the next few weeks. And Kyrie is going to get back to be able to playing home games, which is huge for Brooklyn. Going down the home stretch, going down to the postseason. I mean, look at uh, there's a time where Brooklyn lost 10 straight games, 10, 11 straight games. And they were near the top of the East before that happened. But of course, you have things happen. You lose KD for an amount of time. That's going to do it to you. And of course, Kyrie not playing those games is going to hurt. And right now they're saying eighth in the East, thirty-one twenty-eight. So getting Kyrie Irving back full time is going to really help the Nets. It's probably going to get boost them up a little bit more in the standings. Now where I don't know. The Heat are looking really good right now. Bulls are looking good now. Let's we'll see how the Harden how Harden plays with Embiid when when they come back. Cavaliers are looking really good. Bucks looking really good. Celtics have bounced back after a rough start to their season. But getting Kyrie back full time for the Nets is a huge plus for them. Especially when you're adding Ben Simmons to the fold. And you're going to get KD back sometime soon. I want to see when Kevin is supposed to come back. But For the home stretch, this is huge news for the Brooklyn Nets. And it does sound like KD could return sooner rather than later and get this new big three, if you want to call that, with him, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons going here pretty soon. And figuring out how they're going to play together, figure that whole situation out down the home stretch as you get closer towards the playoffs. Now, I I think everybody's circling that date that Simmons is probably going to make his return for that Philly game where it's going to be Embiid and Harden for Philly going against Simmons and Kyrie and who knows, maybe even Katie at that point in that game. I think it's like March 10th or something like that. It's something around that time. It's something around that date. But this is huge news for the Nets. Not only could you get Kyrie Irving back full-time, you're going to get to add Ben Simmons, who's looking like he's going to come back sooner rather than later, as well as KD sooner rather than later, and get him for these last few games to make this playoff push, get a better seed than you are right now not playing the play-in tournament, and go see what you can do in the Eastern Conference playoffs. See what you can do. I mean, there are a lot of good teams, but I really like the Simmons fit there. The part of him not being a scorer is kind of concerning, but if Kyrie's back full-time, my concerns lessen. They they do. And I've, I, I like Brooklyn a little bit more in this situation. Whereas if Kyrie wasn't playing full-time, I don't know how I can feel about it. I feel not as good about it. But if Kyrie's coming back full-time, that's huge news for the Nets. That's huge news that it doesn't look like these mandates are going to be lessened and lessened to the point where it looks like he's going to get to play home games. And that is big-time news for a Brooklyn, Brooklyn team that really need to hear this news as the playoffs get started in a couple months. Really big news for them. So everybody, I think that's where we're going to end this pod. Again, kind of a chill pod, kind of talking about all this news, all these interesting stories with LeBron, Zion, Kyrie. What's going on with the MLB lockout? Uh, kind of a chill, kind of show with the first week after football, fo- with the football season being over. But of course, we're going to have our fair share of football stuff to talk about. With the, with the Combine coming up, I know there's been a huge story about that. With the Combine and potentially players boycotting that, that would have been huge. And it looks like that situation has been inverted. But we're going to have our fair share of NFL stories to talk about as we uh, get closer to free agency. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it looks like he's coming close to a decision. Uh, I thought about talking about that a little bit today, but I mean... I think it it fits a little bit better that when we have a decision from him that uh, it'll be better talking about then rather than now and be speculative about it Uh, because we've already talked about a possibility of what could Aaron Rodgers do, but we'll have to see. There's a lot of NFL stories that will happen here in the next few weeks and decided to talk about all of them with you guys with free agency coming up here in the next few weeks, Uh, new league year, draft coming up so it, it's going to be there's going to be our fair share of nfl stories to talk about that should be a really fun time the off season is, is always a fun time to talk about all these uh what ifs and seeing all these players change places and to always speculate in mid-march about what it could do for a team and how it could affect them in september october and november so uh, it's gonna be a fun time and that time is just around the corner so won't be without the nfl for too long but really kind of a nice way to ease on into the off season and uh get started here so thank you guys for listening uh have a good rest of the week have a great weekend again be sure to go check out our podcast entertainment from the five center three views from the five center three on all your podcasting platforms again if you want to check out the entertainment pod me and peter did You want to have some fun and listen to some of those topics again boba peacemaker multiverse of madness batman go have some fun go find the entertainment channel on whatever you, you get your podcasts, and uh have some fun there Listen to us talk about them and theorizing about a couple of those things so have a good rest of the week everybody that'll do it for me here so thank you guys for listening once again until next week talk to you all next time